still the month of January. <laughs> it is dedicated to the, mo the most holy name of Jesus. Let's not forget that's the name above all names. Every knee shall bend, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And whenever you hear somebody blaspheme the name of Jesus, if you don't rebuke them, at the very least, stop and do a prayer of reparation right on the spot. Jesse, I'm you, on duty, Terry. You, you, always, you always say that about the holy name of Jesus. There's four points I want to send, say. This is a little booklet, The Wonders of the Holy Name by Father Sullivan. Jess and I eat this stuff up. Each time we say Jesus, it's an act of perfect love, for we offer to God the infinite love of Jesus. The holy name of Jesus saves us from innumerable evils, delivers us especially from the power of the devil, who is constantly seeking to do harm to us. The name of Jesus gradually fills our souls with peace, joy, we never had before. The name of Jesus gives us such strength that our sufferings become light and easy to bear. Yeah, Jess, let's keep saying the name of Jesus, brother. Good point. I'm I'm reporting for duty, Jess. I still love it when you say you're the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus <laughs> Christ, and I'm the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've got a great show. Jesse, the world is opening its eyes. It's beginning to see what science is about regarding the, vi the, vac the virus and the vaccine. Today, we're going to be covering... Are you ready? The World Health Organization has urged nations to lift travel bans and mandatory vaccinations for entry into countries. How do you think all those people feel, Jesse, right now that said, oh, I got to go to the Holy Land or I got to go do this. I got to do that. I'm going to get vaccinated. Now, how do they feel? Because they don't have to now. This is what's happening. It's going to happen. Also, Jesse, the doctors up in San Francisco, are you ready? This letter you got, it's a, it's a, it's a letter to... The governor of California, 9,500 signatures. And boy, it's all calling to release all these restrictions in California. So that's a great letter. Also, the Pfizer board member says it's time to end COVID mask vaccine mandates. Jesse, are we on a roll? I got good news. Denmark just said the 1st of February, they're ending restrictions and welcoming life that we knew before. So they're throwing that out. So it's happening more and more. Then we're going to get into some theology, Jess. We've talked about this over the years. Theology, liberation theology, what is it? We're going to give some good definitions on that. And if we have time, I don't think so, probably tomorrow, I want to talk a little bit about this U.S. seminary's grapple with the issue of transgender applications. Women who are biologically women are saying, oh, I'm now a man, so I can become a Catholic priest. Sweetie, it doesn't work that way, and we'll talk about that hopefully today or tomorrow. But before we get into all of this, Jesse, on helping people fall deeper in love with Jesus, let's get some soul food that does, that's the high, we're right there, baby, the, the gospel of the day. By the way, uh, the church teaches that the four gospels occupy the most important books of the Bible. Amen, brother. Of the 73 books in the Bible, they're all called de verbum, the yep. word of God. Yep. The four Gospels, the life story of Jesus, the history of Jesus, are considered the cream of the crop, the creme a la, a la creme. There you go. As a, as a former friend of uh, used to work, Rolando used to Yeah, he used to say that, yeah. <laughs> Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 25. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed, and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except, except to come to light. 
anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. Mm-hmm. And still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. For the one who has not, not even what he has, will be taken away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A couple things that I would say about today's Holy Gospel is, or when our Lord says to his, his disciples, <clears throat> is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed? When he asked that question, he's hearkening back. Our Lord Jesus Christ is hearkening back to Psalm 119, where the answer is, Lord, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. So the Lord knows the answer. He wrote the book of Psalms. He's, he inspired the book of Psalms. And so he's telling the apostles, guess what? The word of God that I'm proclaiming to you, this oral word of God that will one day become, will become written down, it's not supposed to be hidden under a bushel basket or under a bed. Yeah, that would be called the sin of quietism. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, and, and I don't want to mention who, Terry, I'm not going to mention, but, but a, a, very, uh, prominent. a very prominent voice on Relevant Radio yes. said uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. somebody asked him, should lay Catholics go out and protest in the streets. Uh, they were talking in reference to the Enough is Enough conference. <laughs> a caller called up and said, uh, you know, I, I, I'm supportive of those lay Catholics that went out there to protest against the priest in the Enough is Enough conference. Of all the, of all the you know, malarkey that's going on, the sexual <laughs> abuse cover-ups, their connection of funding by the Democrat Party, uh, just the, the continued liberation theology being taught in, the, in schools and seminaries, the open homosexuality. So they asked the radio show, talk show host, uh, it, was it right for people to go out there and protest? Mm-hmm. And the radio personality and relevant radio says, well, you know what? That's, that's a waste of time. Why would anybody want to do that? You're, you're wasting your time. You should just go home and pray. <laughs> now, I would take issue with that because our Lord Jesus Christ says the the gospel is like a lamp. You're not supposed to hide the lamp under a bushel. You're not supposed to hide it under a bed. The word of God is a public thing. It's it's supposed to be a lamp that guides our feet and a light for our path. And so as a Catholic, I would simply say that somebody that takes the position, no, you know what, just... All the problems in the world, just go to your bedroom and pray. Shut up. Knock it off. Don't vote. Don't do anything else. Don't write any letters to City Hall. Don't call your congressman. Just pray. Terry, I would just simply say that the church has already defined that. Yep. It's, it's, called, it's called the sin of quietism. Yep. But there could be another corollary to that, and I do see it with Catholic progressives. They fall into the other sin, yep. which is called the sin of social activism. <laughs> uh, they, they just become, they become social justice warriors mm-hmm. uh, to the exclusion of their interior life, to the exclusion of living in a state of grace. They use the Catholic faith as a political tool, as a political weapon. So we don't want to fall into either extreme. Just do nothing but hide in a corner and pray right. or 
go to the opposite end and become a social justice warrior and forget about your interior life and your relationship with God. Terry? Well said. That's the balanced life that you just described, Jess. Hey, I want to bring the smartest guy into the room. Full sheen, full sheen ahead. Jesse, we are at a potential war going on between Russia and America. And I came up with a quote about Sheen, about peace. He says, peace is not passive, but it is an active virtue. And he brings back a story that I had forgotten about. When Chile and Argentina, they're two Catholic countries, were about ready to go to war, like we are, it was the suggestion of a woman that the cannons of the two nations be melted and made into a statue of Christ and placed in the Andes at the border of each and be called the Christ of the Andes. And it bears this inscription. Sooner shall these mountains crumble than this pack of peace entered into at the feet of Christ between these two nations shall be broken. And that pack has never been broken. Why I bring this up, Jesse, is because we're in a situation right now where, I mean, it's crazy that our country is going to go to war over the Ukraine, in my humble opinion. And I just think that we got to go back to supernatural life rather than uh, a natural life when it comes to uh, solutions, especially when it comes to war. That's my take. I'll tell you why it's crazy, Terry, because what the Biden administration, they're beating the drums of war. Mm -hmm. Because they want to preserve the borders of Ukraine from Russian invasion. What about our own borders? Just south of here, Terry, they're being overrun by tens of thousands of illegal immigrants every day. And instead, we're concerned about a country halfway around the world about defending their borders from a world power that has nuclear weapons like Russia, yep. when we can't even maintain and safeguard our, our borders. Talk about... Well said. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about why are you watering the neighbor's dry grass when your grass is completely dry? Worry about your grass before you help the neighbor water his grass. Yeah, I hate to say it, Jesse, but his, his uh, approval rating is down in the 30s. And I think uh, there's a little political... Uh, areas here on going to war because most of the time, and not this time, I don't think, if we do go to war, it's going to be devastating uh, to him and to all the people sending our sons and daughters there for something that we don't need to be doing. But uh, when we come back from the quick break, Jess, uh, this World Health Organization seems to be having some common sense, which they haven't had common sense for a couple years here regarding the virus. And when we come back, we'll talk about what they're actually urging all nations to do, which is uh, something that hasn't been done for two years. So stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I want to also thank all those who have been supporting us for four years. This month is our four-year anniversary. God love you, and stay with us, family. We'll come back with more great information on helping you fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. 
We're back to Terry and Jesse's show, Too Blessed to Be Stressed, <laughs> Too Anointed to Be Disappointed, and if hope was money, we'd oh. be billionaires. And I'll tell you why yep. I can say that. Oh, absolutely. It's because we know how the story ends. Yep. We know that life is short. Look, and I'm 60 years old. I'm not going to be around for that much longer. <laughs> <laughs> and But the fact is, me either. That's, that's what my goal is. Jess, everyone, live in a state of grace. Live in a state of grace. It's just constantly on my mind. Throughout the day, live in a state of grace. Live, at night, live in a state of grace. Live, if you do that, then who cares what happens ultimately? If you get cancer, leukemia, you, you, know, you, you have a heart attack. The fact is we're going home. Keep your eyes on Jesus, Amen. not on this world. Don't keep your eyes on the promises of politics because you know what? All that's going to do is lead you to the, to the medicine cabinet to get some Bayer aspirin. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Well, Jesse, a big amen to that. That's why I say a world biblical view. That's what we try and give on all of these topics, Jess. It all comes back to how does God see this in our relationship with Christ? How is that number one in our life? That's what we have to focus on. Jess, That's right. Your topic is good. Uh, the, um, the World Health Organization is urging nations to lift travel bans of mandatory vaccinations for entry into countries. Let's talk about that. Well, that's good because uh, the guy that's in charge of that is the Fauci of Europe. His name is Klaus Schwab. And and he's the one that's behind all these this, these medical mandates and stuff. So the fact is, he's reading the tea leaves, Terry. He's, yeah. seen, the, he's seen international pushback from just little guys like you, the rank and file. And so even he is, is already tipping the scales on our favor. Again, the World Health Organization is urging countries to lift their travel bans and not ask for vaccination proof for entry. Love it. That is good news. Yeah. Even after a lower a surge in Omicron cases, which is just a mild cold. I've had. Okay? Yeah. The, the World Organization has urged nations to lift travel bans and mandatory vaccination for entry into countries. The statement that they put out says this. The failure of travel restrictions introduced after the detection and reporting of Omicron variant to limit the international spread of Omicron demonstrates the ineffectiveness of such measures over time. Travel measures should be based on risk assessments and avoid placing the financial burden on international travelers in accordance with Article 40 of the IHR. That's the official statement. It further said that the state parties should consider a risk-based approach. Now, what a great to the, idea. Yeah, Give me a break, Jesse. To the facilitation of international travel by lifting or modifying measures such as testing and or quarantine <laughs> requirements when appropriate. Yeah. But apart from this, the committee praised South Africa for the rapid identification of the Omicron variant. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, World Health Organization Chief Tedros... Gabreyesus had earlier warned global leaders that the COVID pandemic is nowhere near over, adding that Omicron variant is causing hospitalizations and deaths the world over. Uh, I would have to question that based on other, I think this is an, that was an exaggerated statement. Mm -hmm. But he says this, Tedros says, well, the World Health Organization's chief Tedros said this, make no mistake, Omicron is causing hospitalizations and deaths and even the less severe cases are inundating health facilities. Uh, Tedros further added, Omicron, now here's a true statement. See, you gotta, these guys, you've got to really examine their words. He says, now, this is a true statement that he's making here. 
Omicron may be less severe on average, but the narrative that it is a mild disease is misleading, hurts the overall response and costs more lives. Let me finish, fill in the blank with he didn't. Yes, every, every doctor saying it's a less severe strain, except for people, again, obesity, people that have comorbidities, yes. then any of these viruses are going to attach themselves or, or, or make uh, those comorbidities are going to make it, uh, it's going to make your body less able to fight it. Finally, he says, this uh, Tedros, the chief of the World Health Organization, he cautioned global leaders that the incredible growth of Omicron globally, new variants are likely to emerge, which is why tracking and assessment an assessment remain critical. Uh, let me tell you why, Terry. New tr- new variants are likely to emerge mm-hmm. because uh, because yeah because they mutate. Exactly. That's the way, and that and that's the way uh, as they mutate, they get weaker as they travel throughout large groups of people. They call that uh, they used to call that the ma- uh, herd mass herding. Uh, that's the medical term that's used in the me- in, in medical manuals. That's how you get rid of a lot of the viruses and flus in the past. It's by Herd immunization. A lot of people get it. It basically just dissipates yeah. uh, it w- within society. That's the way we've handled these uh, these flus and colds for the beginning of time. Yeah, we threw all that out once COVID came in two years ago. And now I think we're making progress. People are starting to realize more and more that uh, we, need to get, we need to move past this. I guarantee you, Jesse, the people who had pneumonia... Uh, that were overweight or had other issues with their health, they don't last very long because pneumonia or even the flu can kill you. When your health is weak, it's going to happen. I got to tell you, that's that's the thing. Now, Jess, I mentioned about Denmark. Denmark put was the first country to close their sto- their schools in 2020 and send all their employees home due to this so-called pandemic. Now they made a change and they're saying, wait, we got this wrong. We got to just live with it. And, you know, Jesse, we were saying that two years ago when it first happened. I get it. We're going to take two weeks off and help cut the curve down. And that was a, that was just not a true statement. They they, they didn't say that. I mean, come on, Jess. Two weeks. We all did it. And then it turned happened? to two years. Two years. Come on. Two weeks turned into two years. Jesse, can we can we go on to this? Uh, unless you're done with that. I, I want, let me just. Yeah, I just want to mention some good news yeah, regarding. Good. This. Let's do it. Yeah. There's there's a lot of countries, Terry where the COVID-related restrictions have been lifted. Here, here's a few. Yeah. Sweden. That's right. Norway. Yep. Denmark. That's right. The Netherlands. Yep. Guess what? This is going to shock you. It's right south. Mexico. Good job. Okay? Dominican Republic. Wow. Costa Rica. Israel is starting to live the restrictions, restrictions as well. Chile. South Africa. Thailand. Singapore, the UK, yeah, Terry. Ireland. Yeah, uh, and, and so, and then there's a, a, a bunch of other countries yeah. where the restrictions are, they're, they're being lifted incrementally. Colombia, Hungary, Portugal, uh, Albania, Tanzania. Yeah. You, even here in the US, Terry, you look around the country, yeah. uh, the, the restrictions are easing around the country because people know yeah. but, that this isn't, uh, this isn't the death sentence. Well, unless you live in California, Jess. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, the rest so, of the country. So when I, so when I go tomorrow, am I gonna have to mask up? And, yeah, that's uh, exact. But not where. Uh, oh, well, we'll talk about no, not where, okay. not when you're with me, brother. <laughs> hey, Jess, uh, this is all good. And you know, okay. in California, the UCFSF doctors say it's time to end this mindless COVID rules 
in an open letter to Governor Newsom. This is uh, just like New York and California. They have a really strong conditions with it. They're requiring us all to be wearing masks and and all. They're, they're closing things down. And so let's talk about this letter because four doctors, including the director of COVID response at this medical center, yeah, yeah, let me tell you, yeah, you, you, uh, University, University of California, San, San Francisco. Francisco. Okay, yep. got it. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 calling on the state leaders to acknowledge. The transition of the COVID to an epidemic disease and, 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 and endemic endemic excuse me endemic disease and left most mask policies for children school age children. The thing about it, Jesse, is it seems that in the old days, before two years ago, we would look at this and handle it completely different. And now it seems that people are starting to open their eyes. The medical teams are going, wait a minute, this isn't right, and they're paying a price. I'm seeing that. But this letter, let's go through what they tell the governor, all the facts medically. Yep. The petition was first circulated Friday Mm -hmm. and currently has over 9,500 signatures. Yes. It includes a a strongly worded open letter to Governor Newsom and state public health and education leaders. That's right. And it notes that, quote, restrictive policies have long lost their justification as necessary for prevention of serious illness and death. Those are strong words coming from doctors. That's right. right. Strong words. Doctors are saying this to the government. Okay? Yep. The letter focuses on the negative effect the state's policies have on children and teens, particularly the mental health and developmental impacts caused by social isolation and masking. Terry, that's just a huge topic in itself. Let me, I, I'll just digress for a second Go ahead. and just, and just say that uh, even uh, former President Trump, who, <clears throat> by the way, should be in the White House, uh, even, he, <laughs> he, even he had tweeted, Terry, uh, very early on, he tweeted this. He said, quote, remember, the cure can be worse than the problem I'll itself. I'll never forget that. Yep. He, he tweeted that two years ago. Well, yep. guess what? Based on this article, what are some of the things that we've seen? With these lockdowns, here's some what we've seen. A 55% increase in alcohol consumption in the last two years. Wow. What else have we seen? A, 70, a 75% increase in tequila use, Terry. Okay. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, uh, all, overall, alcohol use is up in the last two years 243%. You just mentioned it right now. Yeah, suicide. Suicides. And suicide-related 911 calls are up 23%. What else are, were some of the, the casualties of locking people down like animals in a, in a cage? Um, pornography usage is up 18 to 25% increase right. in traffic. As if, Terry, as if we didn't have a pornography problem before this, okay? Yeah. Now, now we've just made it worse. Uh, and, and so... the. I, I got two sons that are street cops. You know what call is is increased right now? Domestic violence. Husbands beating up their wives. Husbands beating up on their children because they're sick and tired of being at home and being locked up. These are some of the side effects, Terry, that we're all dealing with. Yeah, this is sad. And Jesse, uh, I just want to encourage everybody to keep pushing back because it's working. It's working. It's working. Let's look at it. Every day now, what are we talking about? More countries, more people are standing up. Matter of fact, Jesse, there's a revolution that took place on Sunday, last Sunday, in 
uh, Washington, D.C., where 30,000 people rallied on this whole thing, but not one mainstream media picked it up. We did. We talked about all the doctors that were, you know, there for the uh, Dr. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s Children's Health Defense Chairman. He was there. Um, all the good doctors were there, and they were all, Dr. Robert Malone was there. And talking about it, I think that we're making progress. And when we come back, are you ready for this, folks? Well, we'll, we'll pick up. We'll continue, continue on this. Continue on this because yeah. the Pfizer board members said it's time to end COVID mass vaccine mandates. More and more people wow. are coming out, Jesse. We are. We got to keep the foot on the pedal of the gas pedal right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Because this is what we need to be doing and get back to our normal state where the sacraments are available. People don't feel like, oh, I can't go to church. I might get COVID. What? Go to church. Get Jesus. He's there for you. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when we come back, we'll continue to talk about how our eyes are being opened to what really is going on with COVID-19. Stay with us. Welcome back, I'm, I'm back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. University of California, San Francisco <laughs> doctors say it's time to end mindless. I love that. Amen. Mindless. Like, like brain dead. Of brain, mindless COVID rules an open letter to govern, govern Newsom. Yep. It's like talking to a box of rocks when you talk to him. <laughs> so COVID-related hospitalizations in San Francisco have reached their highest point, although the seven-day average of new cases dropped from, from their peak earlier this month. Dr. G. Noble, an associate professor of emergency medicine at UCSF and director of COVID response for the UCSF Parnassus Emergency Department, told the standard... We are at an inflection point where public health officials should weigh how to respond once the current wave passes. We felt it was necessary to really put this forth as we saw the Omicron cases peak and now enter their descent, said Noble, Mm -hmm. adding that hospitalizations have started to drop at UCSF. Throughout this pandemic, we've looked at our children primarily through the lens of disease control or as vectors of disease. Now, we would like to get kids fast to, to get kids first in line to enjoy the benefit of peeling back COVID restrictions. Look at all these high power signatories of the letter. UCSF epidemiologist Dr. Vinay Passad, UCSF surgeon and bioengineer Dr. Jarrett Moyer, Dr. Jennifer Nguyen, pediatrician at UCSF Children's Hospital in Oakland. The California Public Health Department said in a statement responding to the letter that vaccinations, boosters, and masking remain our most effective tools in the fight against COVID-19 and pointed to their role in keeping schools and businesses open. Of course, that's, again, the the political arm of the left there for California. Mm -hmm. However, the California Public Health Department added that policies must continue to adapt as the situation with the virus changes. Good statement. And said to expect updates to the state's COVID policies once the Omicron surge subsides. Dr. Noble drew a clear distinction between patients hospitalized for COVID versus those admitted with COVID. According to UCSF data, 31% of UCSF's admitted adult COVID patients 
were there for unrelated medical issues. The proportion among pediatric patients was 40%. So, this letter is also calling for an end to mindless testing of asymptomatic individuals, you know, where they, where they shove a Q-tip all the way to your brain, yeah. which some healthcare professionals say leads to staffing shortages due to isolation requirements. With COVID widespread and endemic in the population, Dr. Noble said society should be taking similar precautions to other common respiratory diseases like the flu. In other words, something something common like like, if you're going to cough, don't cough in somebody's face. Cough in your sleeve. Okay, cough in your arm. Basic stuff. Okay, he's the doctor says we don't do massive testing for the flu and try to pick up every left, try to pick up every left asymptomatic or mildly asymptomatic case and send that person home. Dr. Noble said. The argument for chasing down asymptomatic cases and blocking transmission is really to prevent serious illness and death. <clears throat> we really don't care about preventing runny noses and sore throats. COVID is a mild, non-threatening disease for the majority of the people. Wow, that line was gold right there. Terry, it is. It and you know, you know what, Jesse? What you're just saying is what we have all been saying for a long time. And I think people are getting tired, even in the medical field. You know, we saw what happened in Washington, D.C., where these doctors were, you know, in, in tears. They're saying we couldn't treat our, 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 our patients properly because the government was holding back. There's, this has now gone to a point where it's, it's I think the, uh, the cat is out of the cage in the sense that uh, everybody is realizing that we've been duped, Jesse. Let's just be honest. That's my take. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, the petition calls for state leaders to take a cost-benefit approach for future COVID restrictions without disproportionately prioritizing prevention of COVID-19 transmission above all other health considerations. Future COVID protection policies like regular boosters should be targeted for those who are most vulnerable of dying or suffering serious illness from the virus. The petition was organized by Laura Chinavaso, an RN, with Alameda County, who fills in at a nursing home mm-hmm. and hospitals facing staffing short- shortages. Laura Chinavaso said she was inspired to start the petition advocating for looser restrictions because of the impact she's seen on her four school-age children. Unbelievable. This, uh, this, nurse, this mother and nurse of four said, everything I've done on this has been through the lens of a parent who, who, who watched this affect my children like my three-year-old who doesn't remember a world before the virus or before masking, said this mother and this nurse. Yep. Uh, Laura Chemavizo and Dr. Noble say they both understand the tendency to be cautious about the virus and recommend individuals speak to your own doctor to figure out what is best for them. Yeah. Dr. Noble said, what we, what we need, here's gold, here's the gold, yeah, or here, good, here's the cash good. value. Yeah. What we need is just the lifting of mandates. We don't need to force people to take off their mask or socialize or to do anything that they feel is out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Dr. Noble said, but I think to begin the transition towards normality, we have to stop prohibiting <clears throat> normal social interactions <laughs> and think? then the rest will follow suit. Now this letter's got a PhD in common sense. Everything there, Jesse, just says, what are we doing? We're ruining... Think of think of this, Jesse. What it did to our kids. Uh, you gave statistics earlier about suicide, about all kinds of issues, socialization. 
But you know what? Also, we haven't even come to realize what the effect of these of these masks have on our kids with the oxygen levels going down for a year or two wearing masks. That's not healthy. And we're going to find out years from now, Jesse, all these things that went on were so bad for our kids. Now, Jess, one more thing that they... Mo- Terry, Terry, we did a show on this, by the way. Let, 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 let the audience know. That's true. Yeah, uh, I got the date here. Somebody... Uh, we spent a, it's 11 to yeah, uh, 2020. I got Terry it. and myself, yeah, uh, 220, 11 to 221. 11 to 21 on the Terry and Jesse show. We gave you 45 reasons, medical reasons why masks don't work. Excuse me, 47. 47 reasons why masks don't work. And all these reasons were given to us by doctors. Hey. It's, if you want to hear the show, it's on 11-2-2021. And Jesse, remember, Pfizer and all these companies putting out these vaccines, so-called vaccines, they tried to pass a law that they wanted to go 75 years before any of these statistics about the effectiveness of the vaccine or what's in it. You know, put it on ice for 75 years so that a lot of these people will be dead like us. And we won't have any issue with it. But, you know, no, really, Jesse, 75 years that I wanted. The judge condemned it and said, no, people have a right to know what's going on with this. So I think right now, Jesse, it's becoming like a can of worms. They're getting worried, brother, because we keep peeling back the onion and go, what, what, what? This is what happened to us. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think more people are going to lose the trust of the government because we were duped for two years. Let's just be frank about it. What they told us wasn't right. It was wrong. And what agenda was going on? Well, we talked about that. But the biggest point is the eyes now, uh, most people, hoi polloi, realizing, hey, this isn't as bad as it what they said it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dennis Prager said that when history is written about the time that we live, li- live in right now, yep. he said, we're going to see that this was this was one of the biggest hoaxes in U.S. history. Yep. In 246 years of this country, this is one of the biggest shams and hoaxes ever foisted upon the American public. And uh, and, and guess what? what? What they did with us was what? They did the Milgram experiment exactly. on us. We, we, talk, talked, yeah. we talked about this yesterday. Earlier in the week, yeah. Yeah. And what, what that means is they knew this. They studied this. <laughs> the, these liberals talk to psychologists, psychiatrists. They say, how do we control people? They say, the average person will never question a doctor or a scientist. Yeah. They just won't because they're trained that, okay, these guys are the experts. So just kind of just stand down and just listen to them. Yeah. So they're saying, so we have to use the... You know, FDA, the CDC, the yeah. NIH, yeah. Fauci, we have to use them to impose communism and socialism through these medical mandates. Most Americans won't won't push back. They're not going to go against the doctor. Right. And they were right about that, Terry, yep. because Spot let's on. be honest, they got they had they have at least uh, even right now, they have at least 50 percent of the country in fear of their life. I still see people, Terry, driving a car with a double mask and a face shield in the car by themselves. So the Milgram experiment about putting fear, 
having an authority figure put fear into people, it's still working for half the Americans. Yeah. Jesse, I got to tell you, brother, I even see people doing this where they're sitting in their garage reading a book, (laughs) and I'm driving by, and I see the dude with a mask on. And I I almost feel like just pulling over and saying, can I talk to you for a minute, dude? Take the mask off. Now, I'm not going to say who did it, but just this week I meet with priests a lot of times. And this priest wanted to meet with me, so I met with him. He had two masks on. I sat him down. I said, Father, can you do me a big favor? Yeah, what is it? Please take the masks off. (laughs) I did. Oh, oh, well, I just was trying to follow protocol. I said, Father, this is how things get out of hand. People just obey out of no (laughs) common sense. Milgram experiment. Exactly. It's worthless. (laughs) So this is what's happening, and we see it all the time. Hey, Jess, when we come back, this liberation theology, we want to know what that is. We've talked about it over the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI condemned it. This was back in the 80s. Uh, Liberation theology was really hot. Well, you know, think about this because South America— It hasn't gone away. No, it It hasn't. hasn't Think about South America and see what happened to the evangelization down there. And I'm going to say the number there one is the, problem, exactly, is because they're, they're, they're proclaiming liberation theology rather than the gospel of Jesus Christ, which teaches people that life is short and eternity is forever. So stay with us, because this is going to be an eye-opener on what is the problem with liberation theology. You're listening again to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin most powerful radio. Stay with us, family. You're going to enjoy what we have to share with you on this last segment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Well, here's the first question. What is liberation theology? Yeah. Liberation theology was a theological movement that began in the late 1960s in Latin America. It emphasized that the gospel was meant to liberate the downtrodden from their earthly poverty and oppression, with little or no special emphasis on spiritual liberation from sin. Yep. The main problem with this approach to the gospel is that while Jesus had concern for the poor and distributed alms to them, John 13, 29, he was much more concerned about the spiritual welfare of all mankind whom he had come to save from sin, not from destitution and poverty. Now, here's the bigger question. Yep. What action can we take if we discover a prominent Catholic academic institution teaching theology of liberation in its classes? The question, is theology of liberation heretical? Well, the answer is, Jesus taught us to love our neighbors as ourselves and to care for the poor. Liberation theology does much to bring those issues to the forefront. However, the problem with liberation theology is that it distorts the gospel message from one salvation and transformation to mere social work. Let's be honest. All forms of oppression, slavery, and injustice have their roots in personal sin. Liberation from personal sin is what eliminates those secondary effects. Liberation theology essentially focuses on the symptoms rather than the disease. That's right. The the symptoms are poverty, but the disease is original and actual sin. Liberation theology has tendencies towards Marxism. In other words, 
This system focuses on class struggle rather than individual sin. And it, and it tends to focus on systems rather than persons. So this branch of theology has been used in South America and Latin America to justify violence. Authentic Christianity declares that Jesus Christ died for our sins and offers us new life through grace. Liberation theology has a tendency to focus on reforming unjustly earthly systems with only secondary regard for the sins of the individuals involved. While it is certainly praiseworthy and holy to commit one's life to opposing injustice, we need to remember that Jesus died so that we might have eternal life, not just better access to social justice programs. What good are all the social justice programs in the world if we're still slaves to sin and on our way to hell? And how can these social programs not be abused by those who control them if they are still ruled by original sin and concupiscence? Terry? Jesse, I got to tell you, the fruit of liberation theology for 50, 60 years as showing you right now no conversions and people leaving the church to go to the four-square gospel church because they're proclaiming a supernatural gospel yep. of heaven. And also, if you don't trust me on this, go ahead and go to YouTube and type in St. John Paul II and Father Gustavo, who was the founder of this liberation theology. And when you'll see him in the 1980s scolding him uh, because of what he has been doing to the gospel. Now, I get it, Jesse. I'm going to be quite upfront right now. Pope Francis today would be considered a liberation theology promoter because his yep. philosophy is right there among that. Now, do I like to have to say that? No, but I'm going to be a factual guy, Jess. Yeah. St. John Paul II, no. Ratzinger, no. But he came from South America, Pope Francis. So you see a lot of those tendencies. But again, the fruit of, of, um, of liberation theology is fruitless. It's about the world. And, you know, I have to commend the uh, Marxists because they took the church and they, uh, they used the church to proclaim a secular Marxism, and it worked for them. And I think it's time for us, even in America, Jesse, much of our evangelization is all about Mark, uh, all about liberation theology yes. and not about the supernatural aspect of the faith. And look what's happened to baptisms in our country. So this is just uh, really bad for the church, and we just have to call it out and say, let's return back to the fundamental biblical worldview of the gospel rather than a manly view, which is liberation theology. Uh, in fact, the, there's the priests over in the Amazon, yeah, Brazil, and some course. of those. Franciscan, remember him? Yeah, his name is Father Corrado Dalmolego. That's right, fifty years. He's at he is he. I don't know if he's bragging, but he's, he's bragging. Actually, sick. <laughs> I couldn't believe he, this. He says in fifty three years. He's baptized no one in the Pan Amazonian Synod. Oh, that's a, that really is church. Oh God, that's so that's I, embarrassing. I mean, that uh, that's the very basic gospel message. Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Oh. Go out and baptize. Yep. That's the basic gospel message of Jesus. This Catholic priest says that he hasn't baptized anyone in the Amazonian countries in 53 years. There's the fruit of liberation theology, Jess. Fruitless. And, and, and the Protestants had wrote an article years ago on this about liberation theology. Yeah. 
they just call it social justice, but the Protestants say social justice apart from evangelization drives young people away from Christianity. Absolutely. According to a, a study done by Protestants. They're absolutely oh, right. Yeah. They're they're interviewing Catholic and Protestant teens, yep. and they're saying, when you go to church, what do you want to hear? They're all saying, we want to hear about salvation. We want to hear about <laughs> heaven. We want to hear about sin. We want to hear... Uh, and they're asking, what is it that turns you off a church? They ask these Protestants and Catholics. They're saying, when you start talking about feeding the poor, you start talking about yeah. you know recycling, they, they, these kids, they're out, Terry. They, 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 <laughs> I they don't ab- blame them. Yeah. So when social justice started replacing authentic evangelization, yep. the churches started emptying. Here's another point I made. Good. Uh, uh, that you said that Pope Francis, yeah. he's a Jesuit. Yeah. He, he asked definitely... Uh, social justice theology. That's been yeah. that's been what he's been taught all his life. That's right. What are the fruits of Pope Francis's papacy? Well, I can tell you this. I'm looking at, a, at an article, CatholicCulture.org. It says that uh, less people are going to seminary under Pope Francis than the prior two popes. Under the prior two popes, the seminaries were booming. Right now, the se- there's crickets. The dorms are empty. Another fruit of liberation theology papacy, you have homosexuality is actually being discussed in academic circles. Uh, women's ordination, these are some of the top things that are being discussed in the, in, in, in the liberation theology oh, yeah. c- uh, circles. Also, what else do we see? More priests have left the Catholic priesthood under Pope Francis pontificate than under John Paul II and Pope Benedict. Yeah, Jesse, I just want to add... Uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland Seminary, okay, he has uh, 100,000 Catholics in his diocese. The L.A. Diocese has 5.5 million uh, Catholics in our diocese of L.A. Bishop Strickland has 20 seminarians for the priesthood, and the L.A. Diocese has about 60. Okay? So here's the point. He's got one-third of... The seminarians, but he's got like one percent of the population of L.A. Yeah, if he had the population of L.A., but, he'd probably but, have like five hundred seminarians. Yeah, but you see, the difference yeah. is, yes, he he's not preaching liberation theology, and this is really, uh, really a, a culprit. And this is kind of tying me into the U.S. seminaries are grappling right now with an issue of transgender applications. I mean, are you kidding me? They're going to the seminary. There's a woman. She says, I'm now a man, and I want to be a priest. I said, wait a minute, Jesse. Can this be true? Yes. We've got bishops out in, in um, Archbishop Lukey from uh, uh, Milwaukee. He's saying, yes, uh, we have to be careful, everybody, because these women are saying they're men, and they're trying to hide their gender, and they want to be ordained. But I have to tell you something, Jesse. Even if they got ordained, it wouldn't work, sweetie. Just like that priest who never got baptized. Do you remember that two years ago, Jess? And he was, and he had married all these people. Every th- action he did for those past 20 years were invalid. And so all those people that got married, they, confer- whatever, for, they all had to have it done again. So the point of it is we're living in some really crazy times. And Jess, all I can say is this should have been nipped in the bud early because we're now having to deal with massive homosexual problems in the church. Yep. Again, uh, of course, the church condemns injustice and oppression and slavery. The church always has. Yes. But but again, 
we have to go back to what's the highest calling of the Catholic Church, our fundamental mission, the salvation of the human soul, not the salvation of the environment. What's most important is, is, is the salvation of the sin in your soul rather than the, uh, you know, the plastic in the ocean or the pollution in the air. The pollution of the soul is much more important to God than the pollution in the air. Terry. Yes, yeah, I got to leave on a, a laughable joke. Do you remember the Y2K scare back in 1999 when we were in a turn to the year 2000 and everybody said all the cars will stop running, um, the computers Play, are Planes will work. stop in midair. Yeah, right. And nothing happened. I'm going to say that uh, everybody said now, what, 20 years later with COVID, these bad things were going to happen. And uh, guess what? They didn't. And so it just, it, it just amazes me that every so many years... They try to put something on us and get us all scared. And people get scared to a point where they believe it. And this is what's happening now. And I'm glad that we're exposing it, Jess, because you know what the gospel does? What did that reading do? The first the reading that you did about the light and it was on top of a, a, a hill? That's yeah. what we need to be doing here at, at, um, at, at Virgin Most Powerful, shining light in a world that's in darkness. That's right. I consider ourselves this show, we're like a, we're like a lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, we're like, a, you know... All, all, ships are trying to come come in and 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 and, and yep. park their ships. Yep. We're a lighthouse guiding people safely home. That's what we do here, and part of it is we have to do what Saint Paul says in Ephesians five eleven: take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness, but instead expose them. That's what we're doing here. Exactly. Exposing the evil deeds of darkness. Amen, brother. Hey, folks, we've got the Spiritual Warfare Conference coming up over the weekend. And you can still listen to all the talks by going to vmpr.org. You'll get them videotaped to you for the link. Just register at the conference there or call 877-526-2151. We're excited to see all of our friends there. And uh, again, uh, we uh, will have that going this Saturday and Sunday, the 30, 29th of January and the 30th of January. Look forward to seeing you there. Jess, what state, again, should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of grace. Do not live in the state of mortal sin. Flee this corrupt generation. Cling to Jesus. Be devoted to Our Lady. Get holy or die trying. Don't forget, it's Thursday. We're going to be praying in church tonight for all of our priests and bishops and the Holy Father from 7 to 9. I hope you can join me on our knees before the Blessed Sacrament. The Christ is the source and summit of the Christian life. May God richly bless you and keep praying for Holy Mother, the Church.